I do want to talk about uh, Costello, who we talked about earlier, and we talked about. I mean, really, I talked about as a guy that uh, he did have one of the best quotes of the season so far. People asked him what it's like, you know, going from Stanford to Mississippi State, and he said, "Well, you know." We have trees in Palo Alto. They got trees here, which I think is a pretty smart thing to say for a guy that just traded a Stanford education for a Mississippi State degree. What's up, Georgia football fans? The dogs are set to face off against Mississippi State at 7.30 p.m. on Saturday as the SEC's Mike Leach experience rolls into Sanford Stadium. And after two weeks off, the question is, has Coach Smart and his coaching staff fixed the problems or even addressed the problems that we saw crop up versus Alabama and Florida? Will there be yet another new starting quarterback this week? Rumor has it there will be. And could this be a dangerous game for Georgia, or will the Dogs impose their will over the Bulldogs from the West? Hey there, my name is Scott Duvall, and you are listening to episode 255 of the Wait Since Last Saturday podcast. I'm joined today, as usual, by my two co-hosts, Will Each and Tony Waller. We answer important game questions, we make our college football picks, and indulge into some Mike Leach trivia on this jam-packed episode. Good to be back after an unscheduled hiatus with the canceled game, postponed postponed game uh, versus Missouri, and we'll just jump on into it. Hope you enjoy the Georgia versus Mississippi State preview show. There's no signature number one guy this year, which is a shame because I think Edwards could be that guy if he didn't. Because the general the, the general scan report, Sam Vecini, who's the I don't know are we I don't know if we're taking that, but Sam Vecini, yeah, the the athletic uh, great with his great NBA draft guy, he's like, listen, if Anthony Edwards showed a commitment to defense and better slot, slot selection, he would be a slam dunk, no question number one. Oh yeah, but. You know, and, and Georgia would have been twenty two and yeah exactly and Georgia would have been a lot better yeah. than they were last year yeah and I think that I think that as someone that watched every I think almost every Georgia game and went to almost every Georgia game last year Anthony Edwards did stuff that I'm like oh wow that looks like a dude that is a number one draft pick and then he would disappear for a whole half and, and, and understand I'm not laying Georgia's what we were fifteen and fourteen when we shut it down whatever it was worse than that yeah. uh, whatever it is I'm not laying. I'm not laying. They won their last game, Edwards. They did. The last game, right? The buzzer. Yeah, finished (laughs) on a win streak. But yeah, yeah, that's right. Take that, Auburn. (laughs) And um, I don't know. It's got to be Auburn. I'm fine with that. Yeah, I'm fine. Um, (laughs) Evergreen tweet. (laughs) The um, I I just I think you're he he has the ability to lift everyone around him, and it felt like there were there were times, and I think anybody that looks at him has that has to have this question: Is he going to disappear? And also, is he when he gets hot, is he going to play selfish in a way that doesn't lift the team? Because we saw that some last year too, right? And um, where he would just take shots was like, "Come on, man! At least we're up by twelve. Dribble the ball; it won't hurt. And you can yeah. still take that shot. I don't care. And just wait." I think that's the thing too. Is there would be so many times where, like, dude, like you are faster, <clears throat> bigger, stronger, taller than everyone on the court. Drive the basket and dunk on everybody. Like, yeah. yeah, he had that opportunity so many times, and he would just get kind of lazy, and he'd do he would a fade pass away. it off too. He'd pa- and he just fast off and disappear. And I think that's what that's it's as someone that saw the greatness of him, and then I understand why NBA scouts are hesitant to make yeah. him the number one overall pick because I think it was on the table for him. Yeah. It was on the table for him. It still could happen, but I think that. There's a way where he's the, oh, my gosh, everyone's scrambling to try to get Edwards, and they're not doing that. In fact, many people are talking about trying to trade down so they don't have to have their whole future invest. The, the nightmare scenario, I think, uh, um, I forgot his name, from uh, uh, Hollinger, John Hollinger from The Athletic. The nightmare, he came and did a great scouting report on Edwards last year. He said the nightmare scenario, is that the worst case scenario is Andrew Wiggins. 
Well, I was thinking that. Yeah. Yeah. For the record, Andrew Wiggins is like has had a really good NBA. And he was drafted career. by the Timberwolves. Yeah, like he uh, yeah, he's drafted by the Timberwolves and has had a perfectly good NBA career. No, he's above replacement player. He's yeah, not he's a one. A, he's better but he was He was not a one. Or he has that's panned out to be a one. Yeah, he didn't turn pan out to be a one. <clears> and <throat> he ended up he's the type of guy that gets coaches fired. Yeah. Because uh, you get a you get yeah. a guy drafted like that, and you're like, wow, you got the number one pick in the draft. Why are you not maximizing this guy's ability? And I think that's the worry. But it'll be cool, nevertheless, to see like a Georgia player picked in without at least the very least the first three picks. Yeah, yeah, and a reigning uh, NBA champion Georgia yeah. player. Yeah, yeah, KCP. So and it looks like the Hawks are going to get the kid out of Southern Cal. Which if if he falls to six, that's a great. He's a he's he's actually. He's actually a defensive power forward. <laughs> he's like a power forward that actually plays, and he's. Um, I'll put him with uh, John Collins and Trey Young. I mean, they need and Herder. They need a third or fourth guy. Yeah, it is kind of a bummer because I actually think the perfect fit for Edwards is oh. Atlanta. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because they need a they need a slasher. They need yep. a slasher. Yep. And uh, and he well, really is like. And they need athletic. they need some defense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, and it's up and 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 frankly, they he would not have to be a savior there. He could be mm-hmm. another piece. Because you've because you've got those guys out. Yeah, I, I, Trey, to me, Trey Young is Trey, you can build around Trey Young. Yeah, and, I think uh, that's right. And and so. you know it'll be, it'll forever be the debate of him and Doncic, even though the Hawks drafted Doncic and then yeah. did one of those sign and trades. Yeah, I think. And, uh, and listen, Doncic is better than Trey Young. Sure, but like Trey Young is. But at the t- at the time, yeah. it was. I mean, I think it was probably a coin flip. I'll put it this way: There's a lot of worse guys they could have picked. Yeah, than trading and they've had a history of picking yeah. like and Ed Gray. Like Trey Young is a dude that like. Like the John Hawks Conkak. have an identity and are fun to watch. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you know what? That's half the battle. Sheldon Williams. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Marvin Williams. But yeah. say, if Several you Williams. and I were sitting here naming off guys, it's been a lot. Oh. Um, well, hello, gentlemen. I missed you guys. Yeah. So I'm sorry I was running a little late. I had uh, had a date with my wife who didn't bail on me because Missouri didn't have a game. <laughs> uh, I, in all sincerity, I appreciate. Michael Brockstein joining me last week. Yeah, that was, that was good. That was a um, great interview. Yeah, it was, it, was, awesome. it was one of those things. He's just such a smart guy. Every time I talked to him, I felt like I learned something. Um, and I just, I realized reading, get the picture, that he was he was putting things out about the quarterback situation and where we are, which is probably a good jumping off spot, um, about where we are with the quarterback situation that I've been thinking, but I couldn't get out more with it. Yeah, but nah, you, you're the dummy, right? And um, so, you know, his, his, you know, if you listened last week, I hope you did. Um, his thought is that basically Monk and his Smart were put in a situation where they knew what they had with, with Stetson Bennett. Um, there was a reason he was named the fourth guy. Um, Newman leaving put everything in a weird place because, you know, you weren't really counting on Daniel's play in this season because he had knee surgery a year ago. And then when Newman went out, basically you were making a huge space with Hobson's choice. Which one do you play? Stetson or DeWan? And then you pull the trigger on DeWan because he's the one that has more upside. He's the one that has more athletic ability. And when that doesn't work out, that's when you start, that's when you get to your four-string quarterback. Um, no, we can have an entire debate and an entire podcast on Kirby and the quarterbacks, and I, I just that's fine if that's what you want to waste bandwidth on. But the reality is, is here we are. We're sitting. Uh, it's cold outside. Uh, we have a night game at Sanford Stadium against the Fighting Mike Leeches. Um, if it's weird to say that, and then no relation, no relation <laughs> at all. Um, and 
Georgia looks like they're probably, probably going to start JT Daniels. So um, it seems like it's veering that way. Right. And which is fine. I mean, you know, the, the interesting thing about it is, I mean, I guess there are several ways to go, but the likely way this is go, he comes in, we put it 400 yards, and he's like, aha, mm-hmm. Kirby does suck at this, which is far more nuanced, obviously, uh, because I think it feels like to me if Daniels could have played, he would have played before now. Uh, and this is where Kirby physically, physically right, right, physically able right, to play, right? right. I, even even if he wasn't ready, and, and I did air quotes for those of you not not watching the show. Um, <laughs> Wait, are we being watched? <laughs> I we're, on, uh, we're on Twitter fleets every right now. I, yeah, Twitter every, fleets. Yes. Yeah. Every time I look over, Scott's streaming something. Something, yeah, Twitter. <laughs> so, um, you know, but but, but you know, uh, aha, Daniel should have been playing all along. I think it's safe to say that he had he been physically ready to go. He would have played before the Mississippi State game. So, I mean, I think, but you know, it's, it's fine. It's the life of a Georgia fan where we have to put up with with idiot takes, and uh, I, I say idiot with all all the love and respect, or something. So, you know, I think an argument could be made that whatever decision you make with the quarterback, your aim, you're not aiming for Mississippi State. You're not aiming for <clears throat> uh, the, uh, Vanderbilt or South Carolina. You're aiming for Clemson, who is the first team that you play at the beginning That's of next true. year. Or, or potentially Cincinnati in the Peach Bowl. Yeah, right? potentially, yes. Right. Yes. And not to say that wouldn't be fun, but like, come on, I think we've already seen after the Florida loss, I don't think there's any question, There's a, a lot of air has been let out of this oh, season. Oh, yeah. And with that, because that's that's what Kirby Smart was brought here for, was to get to a playoff and win a national championship. That is not going to happen this year, and that's we all know that. And there's, it's I've even tried to play around with potential scenario. I just can't find one. Like you really just well, can't when, find one. When it was close with Florida, Arkansas in the first half, yeah. I allowed myself to think, okay, what's the rest of their schedule? But then you know, Kyle Trask put up sixty three points. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's. George has a better chance of than Illinois does, but other than that, I think they're roughly equal. Uh, probably, I, I, the same I think Coney County has a better chance yeah. than Illinois. Well, they can't happening. play a football game; they keep getting yeah, canceled. Trust me, I know. I'm sure. Uh, um, so, th- to me, that's the point: is that you know what you're doing now, and I suspect Kirby Smart is savvy enough to know this. Is obviously <clears> wants to win the rest of the games. The schedule; he's not p- punting on anything. But what you're really looking for is, hey, who's like. Their first game is against Clemson next year. Yeah, somebody's going to have to be semi-ready. Well, and, and, we, and we've seen they had it with DJ Owangalele. Did I say his name? I got close. Owangalele. Yeah. That they have another of those transcendent quarterbacks behind. Um, and, and you're right. It, it, this is the next four games and whatever bowl game really is about. Um, Putting the quarterback situation like we it, one of the things that that Braxton talked about, which I was glad he did, it, which I've been saying all season, is like the plays are working. This is a monkin. We could debate the play calling, but this is a monkin. The play design is working, and you can't talk about overthrowing receivers by themselves without also acknowledging that a receiver was by himself. <laughs> um, which is kind of where Kirby's media policy. Is hurting him a little bit, yep. right? Because he, um, you know, we don't hear from Munkin, and he's notoriously tight-lipped about players and that sort of thing. It's like, well, you know, if Daniels is ready to go, why is he? Why did they say he was ready to go? Why are they taking him on trips? I, I mean, you know, I'd, probably because if you started counting noses, you just had to go with him. You say, kid, get your 
get your helmet, go play, right? But I don't think for a second that if he was ready to go, we would not have seen him before now. And when I say when ready to go, physically able to, to do the things he needs to do, if you read Kirby's quotes, you read things he says, it's not hard to see that. And again, you know, pointing at Clemson, which to me, I mean, I don't know about you guys. I'm going to watch all of these games. I'm excited. I'm going Saturday. I'm awesome. Going my first game this year. It's my son's birthday, and I'm taking him. Um, and if you look at, if you, if you, I'm going to go. It's exciting. I want to win the games. I'll, I'll watch the bowl game. Cincinnati and the Peach Bowl sounds actually. I thought Stu Mandel had that in his projections. That sounds really fun. That, that actually sounds like really fun. Actually, an undefeated Cincinnati against Georgia and the Peach Bowl sounds like kind of a fun game. Uh, but like, listen. Georgia's, we're here to try to get Georgia in the playoff and watch the national championship. And the next game where you have that as a possibility is Clemson. When you yeah, next August. Of yeah. Season. And so because of that, as we saw from Mathis, you don't really know what you have until somebody gets on the field. Mm-hmm. And so you kind of need to <clears throat> see what Daniels has. And you need to know if there's enough, not just is he good or is he healthy, but does he fit with what Munkin's doing? Like, this is a big question about Daniels is he's not particularly mobile. He wasn't mobile before he had the, the, the surgery mm-hmm. and had all of these problems. So you have to know if they fit together. You need to know what – you need to have as much information as possible going into that Clemson game next year. And uh, this feels – listen, um, do I think – if you started Stetson Bennett every game the rest of the year, I think Georgia wins all of those games. Yeah, I, and you're on the record in the past saying that. Yeah, like I'm not, I'm not a, a you, I yeah. but also the record being very much a bit skeptic. But they were, sure. I think, I think they would win all of these games moving forward. But that's obviously not the point of this. I would rather see Daniels make some mistakes, but see moments you're like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. there, 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 there's something there. Uh, in the same way that, frankly, let's say there's a situation where I'm glad, I'll put it this way, I'm glad the point, the person that we're starting for these last few games that can get some momentum going in the next year is Daniels and not Bennett. Yeah. Like, let's say Bennett were starting for the first time now. Mm-hmm. And he comes in kind of similar to what he did when he came into Arkansas and ran Burns off it his, up, yeah. And, and starts looking good. You're like, wait, is this the guy? And then he probably gets out of memory like, nope, this is not the guy. To me, I think what you want to see from Daniels is you can see some mistakes. You can see some lack of mobility. What you need to see is, listen, is can this guy, can they? Is this guy good enough to build around? Uh, is this guy good enough to be a starting quarterback against Clemson at the beginning of next season? Because right now, I don't think Ben is that person. I don't think Mathis is that person. No. And so, and maybe maybe Daniels isn't. Like maybe Daniels isn't that person. But there are three quarterbacks in the roster, uh, three quarterbacks potentially starting, and you know two of them aren't that person. I think it's understandable that it's time to look at the third. Yeah, it's absolutely time to look at the third if if he's physically able, and it sounds like he is. Um, I mean, the other piece of this, of course, is that um, you know I talked a minute ago about Monken's offense. Uh, you really have to have. Look, to win these games, I think any of the quarterbacks on the roster could win it, period. Right? I mean, who's who's our best game left? Not South Carolina anymore. Missouri? I don't know, man. <laughs> By the way. Oh, yeah, we'll get into that. We'll get into that. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, okay. good. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I got some I got some Will, Will Muschampley to get out. So, um, yeah, I mean, the, the best team we're playing the rest of the way is Missouri? Missouri? Yeah. So, um, I, I, I mean, Mississippi State. Are we playing Missouri? Are they going to make it up? It's scheduled right now for the 12th, yeah. yeah okay. um, 
So, I mean, you know, Mississippi State, if you look at the numbers, they I put up numbers against a team. Um, I mean, they held Kentucky to like 175 yards of offense. But they scored two. They scored two points. Um, the, you know, you, if you squint the right way, it's easy to see where, you know, a motivated South Carolina team who all the players are now leaving because they fired the coach. I don't know. Um, I mean, I have to really step Did on that. See fish who uh, might enough there. who might roll into offensive coordinator at South Carolina. Joe Mark, Joe Cox. Mark Rick. Joe. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then oh. Connor Shaw is also there as the QB coach. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> I now know that I have been living down here long enough that I'm recognizing uh, the quarterbacks that played in games when I first moved here are now coaches. I feel like I've, I've been here long enough now. Yeah. I, I feel very part of it. Eventually, I'm, I'll, I'll be like, oh, no, it wasn't like 14 at all, you guys. Right. Yeah, Remember 14 back, yeah, 14 in, the days, back in the days? I'm getting, I'm getting uh, my, 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 my crust. So, But, you know, the, the, the reality is it's like if we get in a tough situation, we can ground and pound and beat the crap out of these guys. It, regardless of Beck, even or me, for that matter, starting <laughs> right. I, I just look. I just yeah. Feel that, no, I feel hear you. about it. Um, and you know, hey, I can hit the deep passes as much as any of the people we've seen so far. Um, it can't get worse. I mean, I guess you could start. Oh, it picks. can get worse. Yeah. You sh- we you should ask the people of Israel about that. Picks, yeah, um, Florida was bad. It was really Florida bad. Was I'm, bad. I, I, yeah. You think you think it's beneficial that Georgia didn't have to travel up to Columbia for another road trip after last week, I mean, or would it have been cathartic? I don't know. I mean, it's one of those things where it's a uh, it's hard to say because you know the. I think my personal opinion is there are two times where there's greatest danger to any football team, especially in a pandemic, and that is when randos are serving them food on a Hilton in Columbia or Lexington or whatever. Right. And the second is is when you get home from those places that that night, which we saw after the game in Lexington. Um, so, no. um, it's it's hard to say. I mean, I certainly think. It's interesting to me that um, Daniels is still taking the first stream reps uh, because I'm not certain he would have done that in Missouri because if you believe things that have been said and you've heard and that sort of thing, is that he is just now coming into being comfortable on his knee. Um, And I think the extra week certainly helped with that. Um, You know, I'm excited about getting to see football again because last week was interesting, right? Um, you know, we started out with uh, a lot of Big Ten games. Uh, you know, we watched. I, I personally watched some of the Indiana game. I it watched helps some the of Big the Big Ten is kind of interesting. It is interesting, like, right? Like it, it is definitely helping. The right. Big I mean, because look, if you had if you had Indiana and Northwest turn leading the two divisions at this point in and November, zero oh and three and zero oh oh and four, oh and four yeah. and, and Michigan being whatever they are. Oh, and Michigan, and, uh, you could argue that Michigan's collapse is worse. I think you can make it then then Penn State's. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, Penn State's is. I mean, Penn State has. They were ranked what top ten? Yeah, top fifteen. But Penn State's lost two games that they should have won. Sure. Uh, they looked outclassed. And Michigan has gotten wiped out. Yeah, Michigan's gotten their ass beat. <laughs> they got wiped out by a Michigan State team who's looked terrible against everybody else. Yeah, Michigan State. <laughs> Michigan State's doing the spite thing. It's like you know what? We whipped you. Yeah. We're done. Yeah. We're just gonna look crappy on your behalf. Um, yeah, it, it's. I mean, I don't. And we'll get to this in front office pools, but I don't hold any illusions about what IU is going to do against Ohio State. But imagine a world where Northwestern and Indiana play in the uh, Big Big Ten championship game. Um, I'm here for that sort of nonsense as long as Northwestern doesn't win, because 
God knows they would be unbearable. You know, I think I pointed out when uh, how many years it had been since Indiana had beat Michigan, and what do you know, they go and beat Michigan. Uh, this, it's about the same number of years since they beat Ohio State. I think that 87 team for Indiana was, like, really good, and that was, like, the last time they beat Ohio State. They've won, like, 28 in a row. It's, it's, it would be uh, – anyhow, for the record, we'll get into that. I think they're going to get killed by Ohio State. But it's yeah. just fun. Like, that that to me – like, one of the bummers about the SEC this year a little bit has been, like, it's been kind of – like, you could we can argue whether it's going to be Florida or Georgia. But on the whole, it's been kind of what you thought it would be. Alabama has been really awesome. Uh, no one has really said – you can make an argument for Texas A&M. Maybe I'm not entirely sold. And, uh, and then Florida or Georgia, and then everything else has been kind of what you expected. The Big Ten is nuts right now, yeah. and I think that is that it probably won't end up nuts. I'm sure it'll just be Ohio State like it like everyone expected, but that's hell. But you're right. Last week was so weird to have, like, two, three SEC games, and none of them were particularly interesting no. SEC games. And uh, it, it was weird how much the SEC carried college football for the first uh, two or three weeks, and this week it was uh, – I, I don't remember a week I have been less interested in SEC football than last I'm week. I'm glad you said that because I thought something was wrong with me, the fact that mm-hmm. I was not really into college football last week. And maybe it's because the Masters was on, yeah. but still. It was a good weekend for the Masters. It was happen. a good weekend to have the <laughs> Masters because – I'm glad you brought that up because you know, one of the things that I noticed is there was a palpable – um, there was some air out of the room with fewer SEC games. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, if you're a non SEC homer, you can at me. I don't care. Um, I, I, I have a tendency to kind of downplay that because I think there are passionate college football fans in other parts of the country. Um, but it was pretty clear this past weekend that the SEC does carry a lot of the national consciousness about college football. Um, particularly as it relates to the general college football fan interest. Not particular fans of, of conferences or teams, but just like, I'm a college football fan. Where do you live? Uh, Iowa. Uh, well, you know, there's only two, three SEC games. Or what time the Hawkeyes play? Uh, well, I guess I'm not paying attention. Otherwise, you know, you might watch a random noon SEC game if it's a couple of interesting teams, right? And that didn't happen this past weekend. It was, it was weird. Yeah. It's definitely yeah. weird. Yeah. Um, and it's also worth knowing, by the way, that we're recording this Tuesday night. You know, it's there's always a small possibility that, like, the game didn't last week did not get canceled until Wednesday. Yeah. Right. Now, it certainly seemed to be leading more in that direction last week than it seems to be this week. Mississippi State seems to not be having issues. I have not seen any. any Are there any SEC games canceled or on the? Yeah, and teetering. Yeah, and are okay. being canceled. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they are. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That, that that happened like for like Monday morning. Monday afternoon. Yeah, morning. Yeah. yeah. So that, that that was pretty early. But so far, there does not. It doesn't seem like they're not going to play this weekend, which is uh, which is good because I've got tickets. And I kinda yeah, wanna, I kind of want to go. Wanna go so. um, yeah, I'm still I'm still debating. I, yeah. I haven't pulled the trigger on tickets yet, but I'm leaning that way right now. I. Uh, Generally speaking, I, I'll put it this way: uh, I would feel uh, I'll be wearing a mask, and we'll, we'll all be, be staying, staying close and safe. But uh, I would feel more comfortable going to a game in the state of Georgia than the state of like Illinois or Minnesota, yeah. or uh, a lot of other places. Agreed. Right so, yeah. um, um, so you know, one quick, quick thing before we get into actual game talk, um, Scott, you brought this up with the Masters on. I thought it was kind of interesting. It was weird with the Masters in at three o'clock. Uh, yeah. That was bizarre to me. It snuck up on me. Right, I was. I had my head. Was that an NFL decision? No, it gets dark. Yeah. Well, but it I think was they a little did bit. on it Sunday bit. because yeah. it was a lot later on Saturday. Yeah, 
Yeah. Well, they had to be a lot later on Saturday because there was such a long delay on Thursday True. morning. They couldn't and, get away but, from that rain on Thursday. But there was that was a little bit of an NFL decision. Got there just in time for Bills Cardinals, mm-hmm. the most oh, incredible yeah. ending possible. Yeah, hey, that was those of us that, that have awesome. those awesome. of us that have Kyler Murray on our Arizona fantasy team Cardinals, appreciate it. Uh, it that, uh, I all uh, this is a note to WSLS listeners: if now the Falcons are toast, if you need a fun team, join my Arizona Cardinals. They are so so fun. Well, I mean. I was sitting there thinking when the Bills looked like they were going to win. I was sitting there thinking. I mean, the Falcons have three wins. Arizona has five right now. If they lose, well, then that puts us a little bit yeah. farther. I'm, I just cannot oh, yeah. help myself. Oh, I get it. Of until course, the of Falcons are completely yeah. out of it. That's the same thing I did with the. With they the, draw me back yeah. in, like you talked about with the Florida Arkansas game. Right. Like I'm still like, yeah, yep. maybe, maybe, yep. maybe. Yep. But uh, yeah, lots. Of, yeah, that was uh, a that was an amazing uh, ending. Uh, it was one of those where it was on and. And the fact that Buffalo scored with that Stephon Diggs touchdown, and then you start paying attention, and there's 40 seconds left, and you're like, no, this isn't going to – and then everybody starts gathering closer to the TV to watch the last few seconds, and then a huge scream. And it felt so good to let out an exciting scream, like, oh, my God, you know, the boys in me, because that just hadn't happened that much in sports. And it was just a cool – like it, it, was, was awesome. it was hard for Murray to get away to make the pass in the yes, first place. Yes, he was going out of bounds. Oh, it was just, just, it was just it. awesome. I mean, to be fair, I, I scream like that when Patrick Reed bogey 13. So. <laughs> <laughs> it is good to be reminded that, as again, I've been Arizona Cardinal fans since they were the St. Louis Cardinals and the Phoenix Cardinals. We've been waiting our my entire life. Kurt Warner uh, is the best quarterback they ever had, but he was only there for you know for two, two three years. Uh, I've been waiting for the Cardinals to get a franchise quarterback my entire life. And it turns out that when I was watching the Rose Bowl and Baker Mayfield threw a slant pass uh, in overtime to a guy that ran out of bounds, that's he was throwing it to my future quarterback, <laughs> Kyler Murray. Like, it's really remarkable. I totally forgot about if that, that Kyler Murray called a pass Baker that game. Baker Mayfield completes a pass to Kyler Murray. I forgot about it that, It is yeah. a really kind of an amazing thing. See, I thought when you said you were watching the Rose Bowl, I thought you were talking about my, our current quarterback played in the Rose Bowl, meaning uh, Josh Rosen. Yes. Oh, oh yes, okay. yes. No. Wasn't he? Wasn't he a cardinal? Uh, he, very cardinal? briefly. Okay. Because because he got he, I mean, he played he played all his home games in the Rose Bowl because he went to UCLA. Right. That's but, what I meant. Because yeah. he was drafted in the first round, and then their coach was so bad that they fired him after one year, and then they had the number one overall pick, and they're like, you know what? We should take Kyler Murray. So, yeah, because he's, he's out there, and it's a good sign. It's a good example that why quarterbacks are so huge. Like the Cardinals picked a a first round quarterback and said, nope, not our guy. <laughs> it's really just kind of. Markle, and it's paid off wonderful. It's paid off great for the for the Dolphins too, because now also Tua. Can we talk about. Have you guys watched Tua? Mm-hmm. Like Tua looks like he is. I miss Fitzmagic, Tua. but Tua's better. Tua is so awesome. Yeah, oh yeah. I love Fitzmagic too, but yeah. Tua is. He beat the Cardinals by himself in, in, yeah. in the game. Uh, and, and let's let's. I want to loop back to the Masters. One other little thing. Um, I am I, I am on the record of not being the biggest fan of game day. Um, I, I like the premise. It's too long. Um, uh, David Pollock needs to eat a cheeseburger. But I also feel like um, I, I think somebody on Twitter put it the best. Having game day at the Masters, cheap in the Masters, in a way that I was not expecting. Um, it was neat as a one-off thing to see it, but after two minutes. I was done with it. I have to say, I kind of agree with you. I don't even have the reference for the Masters that a lot of you guys do, but I thought it was discordant. Yeah, discordant is the right word. That's yeah. exactly the right word. It's right. like, okay, that's this is fine, yeah. but I don't, I don't, why? 
I don't I don't need Bear doing over unders in yeah. I mean I don't need Bear doing over unders at all, but <laughs> I don't need Bear doing over unders on the seventh hole of the par three course. This is right? a US Open or a PGA Championship. Yeah. A PGA Championship. Or yeah. the um of course this that the match the the um was it the waste management uh, the tour? one in Arizona Arizona oh, the waste that, management that's well, that's, that that's dialed in for that yeah, but that happens that. in like January yeah, yeah it happens early yeah but I went to that one year oh it's dude turn. that's yeah I mean I, I didn't look, see I, any golf but I drank a lot yeah I, I mean I I low key like I like going to watch golf tournaments it's just impressive because I like golf um but. That is that is a uh, that's a near bucket list thing for me, yeah. right? I've been to the ma- well, I've been to watch practice at the Masters. Um, I've been to a U.S. Open. Um, I probably could go to the PGA if I wanted to because or the um, the the Open, no, the Tour Championship because it's at East Lake. I've been to that. Um, I've been to the AT and T, which is over at Sugarloaf. Um, it's that's just, that's a, a senior event now. Is I think. it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, when I went and saw it, the guys that are now seniors were. Hope you like uh, walking hills if you go to Sugarloaf Country Club. Yeah, oh yeah, place. yeah. I don't know. I don't walk. That's crazy. That's for that's for caddies. Um, so <laughs> what the, sucks is that they they used to have the the Stadium Classic here yeah, at, UGA at UGA and then at Jennings Mill, and that was a lot of fun. Yeah, but yeah, Is I Jennings hear you. Mill a good course. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It's. It's fun. It's playable. It's uh, it's accessible. It's playable. It's just challenging enough, and it's always in good shape. We we just go to the pool. Yeah, that's all. They have a good. They have a good pool, and they have they have excellent tennis. Yeah, excellent. Good. good Do they have clay courts over there? Uh, where you can slide. Yeah. See, I, I'm not much of a tennis I think guy. I, I just always have. Court, uh, right. I've always liked how uh, you know you're watching Nadal or like Federer. And they're, they're sliding <laughs> as they are on those clay courts. I'm, I'm the only one that can get to Vita Garolinas. I have no idea. That is okay. So, by the way, anybody that is a big <laughs> tennis fan, I have like 12 or 13 Sports Illustrators with tennis people on it. Just taking up space in my basement if you want them, let me know. Scott Sports Illustrated. Uh, <laughs> I have way too many. It's my favorite thing. It's so awesome. <laughs> I still I, have I, tons. I'm going to take a little moment, actually, and give a little love to Scott DeBall right now. Okay. Because, A, I just gave him a bunch of crap before this podcast. So I'm okay. feeling a little bit guilty about it. But, uh, but two, here's the type of person that Scott DeBall is. Uh, my friend, uh, Tim Kelly, who runs uh, the Rock and Pond uh, downtown. And you guys know each other, yeah, but you're not absolutely. like like I'm like like Tim and I. Tim's a really good friend of mine, mm-hmm. and you guys are friendly. Like right. I wouldn't say that you guys we were, are like yeah. particularly close, but you guys like you guys. You're both nice people, and you like each other. Yeah. So I was talking to Tim about this, and he's like, "So Scott saw like a co- two covers of Sports Illustrated with some Orioles on it. Remembered I was an Orioles fan, and just took put them aside for me and brought them to me. And he's like, that is just like a legitimately nice human being thing to do. Like that is just like thoughtful and considerate. I feel like I have to like insult him in a moment. Cause I was, okay. cause I, I, I feel like this was, I, I, in all honesty, I was, I was telling my wife about this. I was like, listen, Scott is wrong about like a lot of that, things. And that's fine too. But like Scott <laughs> is like a legitimately like, like good hearted, Excellent person. Yes, I would say this. Even I had this conversation even before I was I I was obnoxious to you in this podcast, and I'm <laughs> feeling a little okay. guilty about it. No, but, it was a uh, uh, Beckett baseball card monthly with Cal Ripken on Cal it, Ripken. and oh wow, and a Sports Illustrated with uh, like Cal Ripken on yeah, it or something. Just like just like Man, honestly, like yeah. and again, this is not like one of us. Like not to say that you and right. Tim along, but like you see us all the time, and you brought me Cardinals ones. That's a really nice thing. But like just it was just a very very thoughtful thing to do, and and it speaks well to the character of this man who is wrong about many other things. He's a thoughty guy. Uh, uh, is, this is, might be the cold open. No, I'm just kidding. Has, 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 <laughs> is, inherently, is inherently a good hearted person. So no, he's he's a very thoughty guy, despite his his love of, of alternative jerseys. Oh, and speaking uh, of that, oh wow, uh, Georgia sorry, is back in black. 
versus Mississippi State. It's pretty much confirmed. Okay. Yeah, I uh, I was perusing the. Is it going to rain? Because I got I was it's talking to my doctor. Very nice, actually. Okay, good because if it's going to rain and they're wearing black jerseys, I got to talk to my doctor. So I follow uh, quite a few local establishments on Instagram, and I was looking on Instagram today, and I, I saw Community Clothing. Uh, they're a really nice shop down downtown where they, uh, you know make their own clothing and they sell it. They're kind of near uh, the Jittery Joe's and Mr. Haircut right there on Broad Street. They're kind of around the corner. Well, they had a video clip on their Instagram that said, sewing the patches on this week's jerseys. And what do you know? They're the black jerseys with the the dog collar on it. So I screenshotted it and I tweeted it out. I'll wait since last Saturday. And then, boom, I I want to think that I was like first to market. And I felt kind of bad. But then I'm like, wait a minute. It's not my fault that they put it on their Instagram. This is how it works, this man. This is how it works. This it's how it it's works. 2020. So, I mean, that's pretty much is uh, much of a given that they're going to be wearing black jerseys as I've ever seen. That is also, like, better reporting than I've done in a while. Am <laughs> 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 I supposed to get paid for this stuff? Uh, well, I think it'll be fun. Listen, I'm excited for – the weather is supposed to be nice. It's supposed to, it's supposed to be warmer than it is going to be on Wednesday and Thursday. I think it's supposed to warm up yeah. a little bit this weekend. And the idea of – you know, it has been a long time since Georgia had a game at Sanford, and mm-hmm. a lot of things have happened since Georgia had a, had a game at Sanford. Uh, I, I think it'll. Uh, I like. It reminds me of. Um, um, we talked. Remember, we talked about the Notre Dame game last year and how it was great, and it was they won, and it was it was a great environment, but it was almost too much. Like it was just so dialed up, and everyone like I talked about. Everyone was like everyone was just. So geared 45 up for minutes till kickoff. Yeah, and it was just like it amped up, and people were like, they, they drank too much. And it was all. Whoa, 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 whoa. I mean, people uh, drank too much? I know, but you know what? I mean, we talked about this when we did it already. It was almost just dialed up, maybe a little bit too high. And, you know, one of the things I, I've, I've always talked about is like, you know, this is Sanford is the center, like the physical center of campus, but also like just like we it's a place that I still when I run past it or even just drive down college Avenue, it's still like a like hey there's it's Sanford right there, and I, I the idea of having a night game in a more relaxed environment with a ton of space around and there's not it's not a particularly high stakes game feels like something that you can just enjoy the experience right like like I'm to me that's what I'm very excited about is just simply enjoying that oh my god you've taught me into getting tickets I'm so excited (laughs) well I was about to say the same thing I I was just like you know but the get like Will and I were also talking before the podcast the get in price is pretty affordable compared to like Auburn or Tennessee Yeah, yeah And yeah, to be fair, that that may be partly out of concern that it will get canceled. <laughs> that may be it's a possible, but right. then but then also, will uh, you buy your tickets on StubHub? Yeah. So he also let me know, and I didn't know this, and y'all might not know this. You get a uh, like a store credit. And I'm using air quotes. If you if a game is canceled and you've bought one on StubHub, which will then made the point like, hey, that's cool because then it gives me another reason to buy tickets to to another sporting event. So. That's that. If it, I guess it would be safe because it's uh, to to go to StubHub and buy your tickets now. Because if it if it was unforeseen and canceled, well, then you're just going to get a store credit. And there was a, there were a lot of people very angry with StubHub about that because StubHub did not give refunds. Mm-hmm. They said you have credit for this. That was not a problem for me because I'm always going to go to games, right. and that, that wasn't really an issue for me. But uh, so I know that annoys people. I had but like I had tickets for I've had I think I had like five or six tickets to games that were canceled because of StubHub, including the London games. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot <laughs> that's about that. I, that's, I forgot that I was even supposed to do that. And it's been a long pandemic, my friends. And uh, But, uh, so, yeah, to be able to 
to I, all of a sudden like, oh wow, I have like hundreds of dollars of credits I can use for this ticket. So it's probably uh, you probably waived that when you check those boxes and yeah. when you sign up for StubHub. So there's no need to complain to StubHub that you're not getting your people, money. I think back. people tried to sue them, and I think that that like like many frivolous lawsuits, uh, they were thrown out pretty immediately. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But my guess is their attorneys were actually licensed to practice. I do think that – I have to say I have to say I trust your judgment on uh, – I, I, I would imagine in the same way that I, when I see some uh, 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 really hacky journalism yeah. and I get like mortally offended, uh, I can imagine you've probably had that a lot in the last couple of years. It has been, yeah, it's, been, it's been a very interesting time to have conversations with students about things like that. So, yeah. um, so we should get back to Georgia, Mississippi State. I mean, we, 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 I think, we, I think this, it's Daniels. Like honestly, like <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things going. On. By the way, LeCount just tweeted. By the way, during this podcast, saying that rumors that I am opting out are not true. Mm-hmm. I cannot wait to get back to my team. Wow. That he literally awesome. tweeted during this during this podcast. He tweeted. That's awesome. I yeah. did not see that obviously, yeah. but yeah. I will read the tweet right now. Well, give me a moment as I look it up. Yeah. So I do want to talk about uh, Costello, who. Um, who we talked about earlier, and we talked about. I mean, really, I talked about as a guy that uh, he did have one of the best quotes of the season so far. People asked him what it's like, you know, going from Stanford to Mississippi State, and he said, "Well, you know, we have tree, we have trees in Palo Alto. They got trees here, mm-hmm. and uh, which I think is a pretty smart thing to say for a guy that just traded a Stanford education for a Mississippi State degree." And um, he's not already graduated. I don't know. He probably did. He probably is. He, well, my, my guess is he's getting a doctor who's now the president of Mississippi State or, uh, or something. Uh, but, yeah, it, listen, Scott has a lot of stats. The thing you need to know about Mississippi State's offensive output this season is half of it was one game. It was it was the Bo Pelini experience, period. Uh, like 700 of their 1,700 yards, right? Or 600 of their 1,700 yards was against LSU in that first game. Um, Georgia's... You really got to... Uh Guard the wheel route. Yeah. So, yeah. By the way, like, guys. By the way, guys. Oh my God. That's how they scored against LSU. Yeah. Basically. But I mean, they've but, been working on that. But two of their three, <laughs> two of their three top receivers are the running backs, Kylan Hill and whatever the guy's name is. Guy's name is certainly Snoop Connor. Receivers. Is uh, that Ole Miss? Uh, Ole Miss. Uh, Jaquavius Marks. Um, and you know that's uh, Marks leads the team in receptions with, with close to forty. Um, and, and they, those are all dump offs, right? Wheel routes, or either that, or, or safety valve. Um, this is the kind of game where a Kirby Smart defense gets to feast. Um, you the the way they pattern match, the way Kirby's defenses pattern match, which is the way Saban's defenses pattern match. It, have, have either of you read the Perfect Pass, the book about how mummy? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so basically, we discussed that on this podcast before. Was that we discussed that? Yeah, on- that's right. So, 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 Mummy's offense, which is Leach's offense, is basically predicated on on three things. The first is is like they throw the ball down, like like literally the guy has an open disdain for running. Uh, which, which second, um, they don't really have a playbook as much as they have route trees. Um, and they they run they run mesh they run cross and they basically run four verts and the mesh and the cross idea is you're trying to get a, a moment in space and time where you have a switch off of coverage uh, against the zone uh, where you're able to find a guy that basically runs to green grass which is the third thing you're trying to make the shortest pass possible right um, um, 
smart football. Chris Brown has a great anecdote when he was in high school. He went to a Mike Leach a quarterback camp at, at Kentucky, I guess. Uh, and Mike Leach is like, how, how long was that, that throw? Um, and, you know, of course, the guys are like, well, it's 16 yards. It's like, no, no, no. How long is the actual from the quarterback's hand, whatever? And Chris Brown, of course, didn't say anything because, you know, being the smart kid in a quarterback room is not exactly right. He's like, in my mind, I'm like, okay, you do the Pythagorean theorem. It's 15 yards across here and all this. Like, and, you know, basically I figured in my head it was like 42 yards. And Leach was like, that's a 42-yard throw. Why are you throwing it there? Right? So they are looking for fast, fast first, shortest throw second, most open guy third. Um, and basically it is like plaguing – is they're – the plays are like drawn up in the playground, like in the dirt in the playground. It's like you run here, you run here, you run here. I'm throwing it to the open guy. Um, and when it works, when it works, it's a thing of beauty, yeah, right? I mean, I LSU mean, would be the perfect example of that, right? I mean, think back to um, who was a Crabtree against Texas, right? That that game, Michael Crabtree, do I have that right? Texas Tech, Texas Tech, right? Versus Texas, versus when he Texas. Caught yeah. that game winning. Yeah, I mean that entire game, he was a. He was a monster, right? He basically he had the perfect combination of talent for Mike Leach's offense because he was faster than everybody else, he was taller than everybody else, he was actually just ran routes better than everybody else. Kirby Smart's defenses matches up real well against that. Look, Costello's been sacked so many times because their offensive line is bad, and also people have been covering them better. Look. If Kentucky can cover their four receivers and running back, fine. I feel pretty good about Georgia. Let's put aside last week, okay? KJ Costello's not Kyle Trask, and they have no receivers that are Kadarius Tony or that other Kyle guy Pitts. that called out the yeah. pass. Pitts, you know, Pitts got hurt in the first half, but or second half, whenever it was. I, and we'll do a prediction later. But anybody that wants to hang their hat and, and try to squint and look at this is like, well, Georgia could be in trouble because what happened against Florida and Alabama? Well, Florida and Alabama does two different things, or very different things, to what Mississippi State tries to do. And frankly, they're trying to do it with a third of the personnel. Um, so, I'm sorry, I just I wanted to go on that screen. So, I'm guessing, minute. though, if they're clicking, that means their wide receivers who are not catching the pass are blocking really well downfield. Well, that's the shit of the thing for them. They don't block, right? <laughs> they, they spread out. They, they run four okay. words, right? I mean... See, I've never studied, I guess, you know, because it was always like so, Pac-12 after dark, well, and I was see, kind of watching yeah, it with one eye open. what's fun about them is they're not really, like, they're not smart. I mean, they're smart, but they're definitely not, like, intellectual. Like, this is not yeah. the sort of, like, it's not like one of those things where, like, okay, you have to memorize the 50 million plays in this playbook. There's, like, three. Yeah. And, and to me, that's that's why when it works, it's so awesome. But that's also why, like, eventually, like the thing is, is eventually some teams that'll work against some young players that'll work against to someone like Nick Saban or someone like or, or like Kirby Smart. I mean, Kirby Smart is a very whatever one's thoughts about his quarterbacks or game time decisions. The guy can game plan. The guy knows defense. He's got smart people working for him. It would be a surprise, to say the least, to see a Georgia offense uh, uh, exploited by. Uh, what's something that's basically a pretty simple game plan. Yeah, agreed. And, I mean, look, uh, Washington's current coach, Jimmy Lake, is the head coach of the Washington Huskies right now because he basically solved Leach's defense. Every right? year. Every, Every year, year. Yeah. right? And, and other coaches did, too. I'm not saying he was the first one, but 
I mean, there's a reason why Leech Leech's shelf life at in a conference is five to seven years, right? And that's why you should be skeptical of him in the SEC, to be entirely honest. At this point, yeah. I mean, the, look, there's a possibility he can get the transcendent receiver because he he, he does rely on having yeah. either a transcendent relief, re, receiver, transcendent quarterback, or both, right? Because you know, look, there comes a point where the scheme is still fine because, you know, it can still beat guys, but it's not going to do it consistently like it did against LSU because Bo Pelini is not everybody else's defensive coordinator. Um, he might not be LSU's for very long. Oh, God, Bo Pelini, head coach of South Carolina. We should talk about that. Yeah. Um, Let's, maybe we're going to get the front office pulled. Be right. Yeah. What about their uh, defense? I mean, and, and is Georgia going to have uh, George Pickens back? That's, I think I, think I saw Jordan rumor. Davis on defense is going to be back. That's the rumor. And so will um, Lewis Seen. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean their defense is uh, it's just middle okay. of the road. Okay. It's a little, it's, it's replacement value for the SEC. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, maybe maybe a little lower. But, I mean, they they don't do anything particularly well, but they do nothing terribly. So um, we can certainly run against them. Frankly, if we can get guys open against Alabama, I feel like we can get guys open against them. It's the trick isn't getting guys open. The trick is finding them and hitting them yeah. for the pass. I mean, this is a great opportunity for Daniels. I mean, we're going to find out something one way or the other because – like this, this seems like a good defense for Daniels to have a second game against the Bay Thailands. Agreed. We all know what I did on a Sunday. Uh, I was invited by Narissa and Sachin to uh, come up to the Northside Bottle Shop and take some drone photos, a team photo of uh, their entire crew. Um, awesome. So rolled on up to uh, Northside Bottle Shop uh, just north of... Um, the Athens Tech Water Tower. I mean, big it's, Kroger. it's past the big Kroger. Yeah, I mean, there's. If you haven't been up there lately, that whole place has exploded. I mean, it used to just be like a Jersey Mike's and a Kroger, and now there's a Popeyes, a Wendy's, a McDonald's, a Burger King, and Dunkin' Donuts. But, it's right there, the the road that goes out the hole. Yeah, yeah. It's the past only that. Jersey Mike's in town. As a Jersey Mike's connoisseur, that exactly. Is the only no, Mike's in town. that that's true. Is there uh, not one on Epsbridge? Uh, not that I know. Of. Okay, it's closed. Oh, okay, it's closed. Definitely um, not Jersey Mike's. So, uh, but yeah, went up there took a lot of uh, cool photos of their Maker's Mark display and all of their other bourbon and um, I mean the beer wall they have the I mean I think they have all the Terrapin beer that's up there but you know it was just it was something else and and there's such a I I got to kind of listen in on their team meeting and they really are all about the customer because that's what I heard I was kind of half listening as I was taking photos but I was I I kind of was taken aback by what Sachin was saying and how um, you know, customers are going to be coming in for uh, their holiday shopping, and you're really just stressing to to work with them and offer up suggestions. And it was really cool to hear just this huge operation um, really boil it down to the customer experience. So uh, that's just kind of a, an aside of what I I know that they're uh, our podcast partners, but it's just a, a genuine uh, observation on how they treat their customers. So. Well, my uh, my in-laws were in town last week, and uh, my father-in-law is uh, my father-in-law is a bourbon guy because you know I chose well, and or my wife chose well. Something. <laughs> Somebody chose well. She also did not choose him. Well, but yeah, there was some, there was some choosing, <laughs> uh, but he um, he likes cognac, and his best friend is a huge cognac fan, uh, and there's a couple of cognacs that he consistently can find. At Westside and Northside Bottle Shop, that he he has a hard time finding anywhere 
uh, between here and Santa Claus, Indiana. Uh, so he almost always talks up, goes up, buys a couple of bottles of, of this this particular cognac, uh, and they went up to the north side. And they were just blown away by it uh, and really thought. Uh, and again, my, my father-in-law is not an alcoholic, uh, but he is a retired man who enjoys leisure. And uh, he, uh, that's good. I only we only got like like fifteen years left till we get to, um, to enjoy leisure. My, my, my uncle came wait. to visit my dad and just drank for like every started drinking at like two o'clock <laughs> yeah. every day. And for the record, like he's not he's the same way. Like he's been working his entire life. And, yeah, uh, that's what you work for. And this is what we work for. I gotta say, I was thinking about like if if we make it that long, I'm looking forward to that. So, but he went up to the Northside Bottle Shop and was really blown away by their selection, helpfulness, helpfulness of the people. And uh, just, just as like he was like, it's easily you know top five of the nice nice liquor stores I've been in, uh, certainly in the United States, uh, and that's they you know basically they before when they could they traveled, uh, that's that's New York to uh, New York basically to L.A. <laughs> and uh, they they go to Louisville a fair amount specifically on bourbon shopping missions, and uh, you know Louisville probably outpaces them for selection. But certainly not knowledge and helpfulness. And then uh, this thing dovetails off of what we're talking about. But uh, the, the the best tweet that I've seen today uh, is from a guy who joined our podcast. I think it was Tony. The, I think you interviewed him, but uh, Mac Williams. Uh, at awesome, but it's spelled differently, A-E-W-S-O-M-E. Yeah. Um, but he had a tweet today of a Maker's Mark bottle, that, and he said it's a rare find. It's called a slam dunk. Okay. Where basically, when every now and then uh, in the the factory they will, I guess somebody gets oh, a little heavy handed. Yeah, dunk it, d- dunk it and down past. there is uh, <laughs> the wax that goes all the way down over the yep. label, and he says it literally it doubles or triples the price on eBay or something. Huh. So I found that he he attached an it's article. A slam dunk. Yeah. Slam dunk, attached, yeah. If you look at it, awesome, it's spelled differently. A E W S O M E. Mac Williams. He also tweeted the article about the rare finds of these slam dunks and how people literally go on these journeys to try. And it said he, I think he said it took him two years, but yeah, you look at the photo he attached. It's definitely slam dunked. I have a, I have a homemade slam dunk at the house that I did when I, I think the first time I, I am now ambassador for life, uh, for makers market, should surprise no one. And, um, the first time I went, when I got to do my own bottle, I did a slam dunk just because they're really rare. Uh, yeah. And Mac is a, uh, Mac is a graphic illustrator and artist. Um, was uh, part of the he was actually drew Freddie Freshman when he was in school here and was a part of the original group that that did uh, Adult Swim uh, mm-hmm. and uh, some other some other things. He has a TV show I assume is still going on called My American President mm-hmm. uh, that's on Comedy Central as well. Yeah, no, he's super talented. He's I've a damn good dog. Work. Damn good dog. Good good Twitter follow too. Yes. Uh, all right, so y'all got a choice. Uh, do you want to do fun office pools or do you want to do uh, trivia? Let's do trivia. Let's do trivia. Good. All right, this is uh, Georgia versus Mississippi State trivia. I'd like to have that awkward pause. Um, can anybody uh, tell me what the series record is? Because they haven't played that often. In fact, I'll give you a hint. Okay. There's been 24 meetings between okay. Georgia and Mississippi okay. State. All right, let me give, let me give it a shot. I'm going to go 24. 24 total meetings. I'm going to go 17, Georgia 18 and 6. I was going. I was thinking eighteen and six. So I will go. Just just to be an apple, I'll take seventeen and seven. This is like the the, the Price is Right trick, yeah. where he goes one dollar. Yeah. Well, I have a hundred dollars in my pocket because someone got it right on the nose. 
a la Bob Barker. Remember uh, how he used to do yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. It's, had, it's Will. Uh, it is Will. Yeah, Georgia I was thinking eighteen is, six. So nice. Georgia is eighteen and six. They first they first played in nineteen fourteen. Okay, and they've only played twenty four times in the same conference, which just blows well, my mind. Nineteen fourteen was the same year that Colonel Jackson took a little trip down the mighty Mississippi. No, I'm that sorry, eighteen fourteen. I, I promise I wasn't going to do Will Leach. Um, Will Leach. Sorry, Mike Leach. <laughs> talking about the War of eighteen twelve, which is something you talk about. Uh, okay, so this is question one. This will mark Mississippi State's third consecutive trip to Athens, a rarity and probably something that doesn't happen anywhere else in the SEC, but uh, it just happened with this matchup. When was the last time Georgia played in Starkville? Um, Hold on, I know this. 2007? I'm going to go 2004. It was 2010. 10, okay. Uh, Mississippi State played in Athens in 2011. 2017 and yeah. 2020 this year. Yeah, 17 was a substantial game, right? Yeah, that, they just had the big win. They yeah. were, they were. Yeah. Nick's Fitzgerald is amazing. Yes, and uh, and it was uh, 2010. Georgia lost 24 to 12. Yes, Aaron almost Murray threw down from Champagne for that guy. Is the like quarterback? It. Yeah, that was a that was a bad team. They were six and seven that year. Yeah, can, can I do a fun trivia question before you before you do one? Mm-hmm. Uh, which of these two teams was most recently number one? Oh, good, good one. On the college football playoff pools? No, uh, yes. Mississippi State. Yeah. <laughs> Georgia, yeah. Georgia's never been. Mississippi State, I think, was... 14, maybe? The, was the, that when Prescott... I thought it was the first year. Yeah, I thought, it was the very first year. They, like, the yeah, very Mississippi first and Ole Miss were... Yeah. Mississippi State and Ole Miss were yeah. one and two. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. right. Right. That's right. right. And Dan Mullins made $11 billion off that. <laughs> okay. Thank you for that. that that's just a little... Uh, I, the answer to that was obviously... Was pretty obvious. If it, the answer was Georgia, would be like, yeah, Georgia dips. <laughs> All right, Nate. Here's our here's our usual question. Name name the three cities this matchup ah. between Bulldogs has been played in. So we're really just trying to guess one, right? Yeah, so no, you got to name all three. All right, Columbus. No, Columbus, Mississippi is not the right answer okay. either. All right, uh, uh, Athens, Starksville, and um, Athens, Starksville. I'm going to take a wild hair here and say. That Georgia Mississippi State played in a random bowl game, say in Houston, the Blue Bonnet Bowl. No, I, I thought you were going to nail it, but then you took a left turn at Albuquerque. And yeah, my next guess would be Jackson. That is correct. Yeah, Jackson Mississippi. They played there in '66 and '74. Yeah, uh, split the series. The Dogs won in '66 and they lost in '74. One of the six losses. Because Georgia did play a couple of SEC teams back when you know we didn't play. <laughs> Friends, if you thought we didn't play all, all the teams in the conference now, you're just seeing what the schedule was like in the 80s and <laughs> 70s and 60s. That's a great reminder, by the way, if you're ever with a uh, female companion, Jackson is a terrific karaoke song. <gasps> yes, oh, it yeah. is yeah, a spectacular. Paradise by Dashboard Lights, not the best. I, 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 I mean, yeah, if you're married though. to the person, yeah, but I'll not on a date. I'll still do it. Yeah. Yeah, because you got you know big clangers. I I I'm a, I think I, it's well documented. I'm, a, I'm actually like a pretty dedicated Neatloaf fan. So. Yeah. By the hell, great album. Yeah. Legitimate. Although Jackson's a better call. Jackson's a better call. Okay. Uh, the Mike Leach coaching caravan has many stops since 1987, which is when he began his coaching career. Here are six places he's coached before, but one is incorrect. Okay. okay. I like this. Yeah, I do too. In no particular order. Okay. Iowa Wesleyan Tigers. Wanted to give the mask. Wait, wait, wait. We have to... I'm going to I'm going to name all 6 He's and you tell me. He's going to give the mascot. Right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. name all 6 and you tell me the one that you think is incorrect. All right. Okay. The Iowa Wesleyan Tigers, Cal Poly Mustangs, Kansas Jayhawks, 
College of the Desert Roadrunners, Oklahoma Sooners, the Pori Bears. Spell that? P-O-R-I Bears. The Pori Bears. So you've got Iowa Wesleyan, Cal Poly, Kansas, College of the Desert, Oklahoma, and Pori. Okay. One of them. Give it a shot. (laughs) One of them is not correct. Uh, I'm going to go to the University of the Desert. I'm going to go Kansas. The one place that Mike Leach has not coached is for Kansas. Yeah. Really? I'm on it today. (laughs) So to fill you all in, he was the offensive coordinator for Iowa Wesleyan from right. 89 to 91. That's where he started that's with Mummy. Yeah, that's where he was with Mummy, right. He was, and uh, he, went to he was the offensive line coach for Cal Poly. I didn't put all of his stuff. Sure. Okay. Uh, he was the offensive line coach for Cal Poly in 1987. He never coached for Kansas. Uh, he was the linebackers coach in 1988 for the College of the Desert Roadrunners. And they wow. are located somewhere in the desert in California, <laughs> in the Palm Desert, California. Which I looked it up. And surprisingly, it like a, surprisingly, uh, in Hawaii, looked like a really cool place. Yeah, uh, to to get a college education. He was the offensive coordinator for the Oklahoma Sooners in 1999. By the way, that Oklahoma team had some dudes. Was that when one of their quarterbacks won a Heisman, like uh, Jason White? It or? Sounds right. But yeah. no, I'm talking about as far as the coaches go. Oh yeah, I forgot about Jason White. Right. So anyway, uh, and then the Pori Bears. He was the in 1989. He was the head coach. They are part of the American Football Association of Finland. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> That's great. That's, I, I definitely knew it was not one of the schools I hadn't heard of, though I like the idea. I would have liked your imagination to come up with a Finland school. Right. But, uh, like, oh. That's what it is. Well, I, had you said it was in Finland, I would have been like, no, no, no. He definitely did that because I remember that from the <laughs> Exactly. Book. That would have been way too uh, He talks about obvious. that in Swing, Swing Your Sword. All right. A couple more uh, Mike Leach questions uh true or false mike leach played college football at byu false false that's correct he did go to byu he just didn't play football okay um and then the final question mike leach is one of eight current fbs coaches who did not play college football can you name the other seven and i'm going to give you the conferences Sure. That hold them. There All are right. two in the SEC, including Mike Leach. Okay. There are two in the ACC. Okay. There are two in the American Conference. There's one in Conference USA, and there's one independent. Oof. One independent? Yeah. We said say the schools? Yeah. Uh, or the did coaches. Not play college All right, let's, did just not. Do, let's do this by conference. Just give us a conference. SEC. Uh, SEC. It's Mike Leach and someone else. Dan Mullen. <laughs> no, that's incorrect. You play college football? I guess so, according to... With those pants? (laughs) Um, In this economy? (laughs) Um, Mississippi? No, Lane Kiffin played. Uh, Eli Drinkwitz never played college football. Okay. Drinkwitz and and Leach, or the SEC. I should have got that one. So there's two ACC schools. ACC. And coaches. They're pretty... I mean, I I knew exactly who these guys were. Okay, let me try the first one. Duke. That's correct. David Cut? Cutcliffe never played. Um, I'm trying to think of the coaches. Um, I'm going to go with... Justin Fuente. Not, that's not it. Okay. Sorry. Uh, it is Manny Diaz in Miami. Really? Yeah. You know his dad was mayor of Miami? Okay. Um, okay. And then the American Conference, you know, with teams that are in the American Conference. I don't know any of the other ones except the ones I wrote down. <laughs> I can't think off the top of my head. 
Uh, uh, people, uh, teams like Navy is in the American. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm going to go ahead and give these to you. you. Some guy named Ryan Silverfield. He coaches at Memphis. He took okay. Mike Norvell's place. He's never played college football. And Sonny Dykes for SMU. Oh. Dykes never played? Dykes never okay. played. And then for Conference USA, Bill Clark for UAB. Okay. And then to to finish it up, uh, the potential future head coach for South Carolina at Liberty University. Hugh Freeze. Never played college football. Yet he... Somebody's got to talk with him. He's not at a private university anymore. He needs to get a burner phone. (laughs) Is it time to talk about South Carolina? It is time to talk about South Carolina. They have paid that man $13 million to leave Columbia. My ass left for free. (laughs) I'm just saying. I can't... Look. Friends. Anybody that goes to the Georgia-South Carolina game, if you don't spend the entire time y'all run the ball, Bobo, I'm going to be so mad at you. So mad. I mean, like, you're not going to get the opportunity again. This is the time. This is the time. (laughs) I mean, look, the worst-case scenario for South Carolina is that Bobo comes, beats the brakes off of the rest of the the season, including us, and Tanner's put in a position where, like, he's got to hire him. I mean, look, there are two things, right? Muschamp got fired for one of two reasons. The first is they were put in a position where, like, we just we, we, we just have the donors that want to put the money up. we got to leave. Or Ray Tanner's trying to hit a home run to save his job. Well, which one do you think it is? I mean, uh, does, does it have to be one? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> fair. Fair. Uh, yeah, I think that, I mean, it really, if you are certainly to hear colleges say, that about the financial stresses that they are under and how this is an unprecedented black swan event to then have them say, no, we will take a massive buyout to, and for the record, Harbaugh's is worse. By the way, like, like, like if they, I thought Harbaugh's was more manageable because he's only got two years left. Oh, it's the opposite, right? Yeah. It's the opposite. Muschamp is the one that's worse. Yeah. And, and also Michigan's a private university. So that could be another factor of it too. Michigan is a private university. That one I know I'm right. But, um, it makes me skeptical of all of these notions that uh, universities just don't have any money and can't possibly survive this once-in-a-lifetime Black Swan event when they're willing to take this sort of hit. I have to say, if I were a president of the university, uh, unless I've got a donor saying, I'll make up the that and everything else, uh, does South Carolina have... I think Georgia has those kind of donors... Does South Carolina have those kind of donors? Like, you're, like the kind of donors that are like, yep, here's $30 million, which is basically what you're looking at, right? With his buyout, with whatever you would have to pay to bring a new person in, that's a huge amount of money. I, I'm, I'm skeptical that, it, that, that donors just said, we'll take the heat on this. Well, it's not just his buyout. At some point, they're going to buy out Bobo. Yeah. Um. Presumably, who's their defensive coordinator? Will Muschamp also? Will Muschamp Jr.? Oh no, he plays quarterback for Georgia. Oh my God! What if he starts? Um, sorry. <laughs> sorry, I had a moment. And um, I mean, you know, they're they're looking at they negotiated down his buyout to thirteen million dollars. I mean, they're going to end up being on the hook for fifteen or sixteen million, yeah. right? And Will, I think you're right. Um, they didn't just in the dark decide to spend this money out of nothing. Um, the, the the interesting part about this is that you you have to assume 
that uh, there, well, there are two things you have to assume on. First off is Will Muschamp will get another head coaching job, period. He just will. I think it's, you know, I mean, it it he, won't be next year. I does mean, he take over for Liberty once uh, he <laughs> goes to South Carolina? I, I mean, Will Muschamp may actually uh, – I, I, I Does he have to do his penance in Conference USA or something? Well, I mean, no. I think he, he probably goes through I – mean, he, he's going to be a defensive coordinator for somebody next year, likely in the SEC, right? Um, Illinois could be looking for a coach. Yeah, Illinois could be looking for a head coach. Um, <laughs> The, the second thing we have to work on the assumption of is that um, South Carolina felt like they could no longer wait because there were people out there that they felt was both were both gettable for their price and also could potentially get them over whatever the hump is for them, right? So is that Hugh Freeze? Is that Coastal Carolina's coach? Is that Billy Napier? By the way, if I'm Billy Napier, why would I go to that job? That's Bill- exactly the job you don't take. You do not take that job, right? right? I don't even know why you take that job if you're Hugh Freeze. Yeah, Maybe, but I just yeah. said, look, you if you if you 10-0 at Liberty this year, there are going to be places that will give you a job that you have a higher upside than South Carolina. Uh, and it's not in the SEC where you've got to listen to all the fans talking about, you know, and whatever else that you have yeah, to listen to. Yeah, it definitely to. feels like a place you go somewhere else to, right. like, yeah. Right, Um Go to the Big Ten, no one will even know about that stuff. Right, or, or right. Big 12, yeah. where they openly welcome it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, you know, um, and if you're Coastal Carolina's coach, you don't really need to go there either, right? So it feels like they're stuck with a retread, right? You're not... Urban Meyer's not going to Columbia. Why would Urban Meyer go to Columbia? I mean, frankly, they struck gold <coughs> by having Steve Spurrier go there in the first place. Right. Yeah. And, well, Lou Holtz, to be fair, back in the day. Yeah, um, I mean, like, they, I mean, to land those, Spurrier in particular. Sure. Like, Spurrier, is, definitely. Right. Spurrier needed a soft landing spot after flaming out in the NFL. And it offered the best possible combination for him of good money, head coaching, could piss off Georgia, and also. They said, you don't worry about all the details. Yeah. You coach. You can go play golf. You right. recruit. The rest of the time you can drink Coors and go to races and play golf, yeah. right? There's not many coaches out there that are, one, willing to take that, and two, can succeed in that environment. Yeah. Um, and certainly none of them are going to go take $2.5 million from South Carolina. And one last thing on this. I think that I've played a little alternative history. Uh, of course, it yeah. has long been uh, – thought that uh, one of the reasons that Georgia fired Mark Richt was the idea that South Carolina was sniffing around Kirby Smart and because uh, they were looking to hire that year and I don't think Kirby Smart would have ever taken that job uh, but you had to have wondered when he was starting to get tired um, what happens if Mark Richt alternative universe if uh, if if Rick doesn't flame out the way he does at the end there and is given another year does Kirby Smart finally be like, okay, I need to take it? Like, I need to take an SEC job. That would have been the one, right? Uh, Who else is offering him that job? Alabama's not leaving. Is he gonna go to Florida? Maybe. I yeah, don't know. Maybe Florida. Maybe Florida. But like, but the point is, is that like, regardless of of Rick and the whole idea, that those two things came together at once. The idea that South Carolina, like, there were tons of stories about South Carolina because they, they fired. They fired their coach before, yeah. Before Georgia fired Rick, and course some out for Rick and Lambert guys. And Kirby Smart was at the top of their list. 
an argument could be made that if that doesn't happen, does does that put the extra pressure on Georgia to make that move? And uh, if and if Rick has a better year or they come close in the Alabama game and look okay the rest of the year, do you can if Kirby Smart takes a South Carolina job? It's, it's an interesting kind of alternative. You know, our podcast has covered the entire Agent Muschamp tenure at South Carolina. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, you know, no, else, no more Muschamp, no more Burt. I mean, else can he go? Think about all the places that have uh, caved just, on you. It's just worse. It's just the world's a little darker place today. Yeah. Do you think there's any chance at some point if he if he decides he, I mean, he's flamed out two head coaching jobs. Maybe him and Kirby are best buds. You think there's a time down the line if he crafts out one more job? Well, Dan, I, Dan Lanning's a hot, I mean, hot commodity, is, and he could leave. Is there a possibility we get him here to be defensive analyst and Lanning leaves <laughs> in a year and he becomes defensive coordinator? Yeah, 100%. But that doesn't mean he'll stay because he'll get another chance because he coached Florida and South Carolina, and somebody somewhere will want to be able to brag to their boosters about that. So, All right. Well, I'm still all for taking his diploma away, guys, but pour some out for Agent Muschamp. Pour him out. Pour him out. All right. Well, I guess we'll do uh, fun office pools. But who's number one, Scott? I don't know. I can't even log in. Did, I forgot. Did anyone me. not miss a single game last week? Just Will. Just Will did Just not me. miss a game. Only me. Only me. Me, will. glorious me. There are only six games. No, That's true. There are nine. There are nine. nine. But it was yeah, By the way, by the way, I I, I encountered this uh, conversation or this complaint from uh, one of the participants, my fifteen year old daughter, uh, <laughs> that there were too many games being on there. I was like, because some weeks six games get canceled. Yes. So. <laughs> yeah, uh, Tony, you're in first with four hundred twenty nine points overall. Overall. Yeah. Wow. Overall, no, now you're, you're one, doing now, okay. Your win loss percentage. So what you're saying is, is I'm good. doing very well. Tony was impressively like, "Oh, is it me? Who?" Uh, Cal 1957 is behind you, but has a much better win percentage. Hey, hey, this is not about win losses. It's about the points. Um, it's about the friends you made along the way. <laughs> yeah. So where is Will? Oh, Will is uh, 24th. Will had a good week. Four oh three. Will did go nine and zero this week. Maggie Waller three ninety nine. Do you want to click on uh, how this individual week? Do you want to click on that button to see how it went? Just, <laughs> just to check just, it out. Just to, just just to make sure everything's working correctly. <laughs> what? Do you want to click on? <laughs> Damn it! Uh, look at the individual week standings. Love just, it. Uh, just for the sake of discussion. week standings. Like this, this week. week. In particular, yeah, not overall, but this week. You mean from week eleven? Yeah. Yes, just to see, just to just to see who. How Do that, we need a whiteboard? How that turned out? We should get a whiteboard. Who is like ahead in that one? Because I don't remember. I, it's been a long time. It's Will. <laughs> what <laughs> me? <laughs> wow! <laughs> Thank you, Scott. I, That's I didn't, amazing. I didn't know you were going to make a thing out of this on the podcast. I mean, but you're like, very kind to you do have, so. You know, yeah, I guess it was. A, you know. I guess I did okay. Well, we 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 just really prepared well, and we thought we did a pretty yeah, good you know, job uh, there. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you just need to thank the big guy upstairs because uh, things came together the right That's way. That's the thing for us. you, you got to put in the rearview mirror, though. Yeah, got to, hey, hey, next week so one, it's one week season. Yeah, one week season. Yeah. I didn't pick last week. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> of course. So what you're saying we, is you came in last. When week, we don't have podcasts, I tend to yeah. forget yeah. to do that. <laughs> so in the Waller family sweepstakes. Uh, Obviously, I'm yeah, first. I probably should have done that because then my boys would have reminded me and been all excited about it, but I, I dropped the ball on that. All right, so we're going to start with Georgia Southern at Army. 
Um, also, I am completely fine that South Carolina hires Jeff Munkin <laughs> to go coach there because um, I'm here for them. I'm here for them being pretty good for several years and then terrible for five more years. Uh, I'm, I'm taking Army. What's the spread on that? Uh, four and a half Army. They're both six and two. I just Army just, yeah. They'll, I don't run, know, they'll run the ball more than Georgia Southern will I run mean, the ball. But that game, that game's going to be over in two hours and 16 <laughs> oh, minutes. Yeah, it's going to fly by. Uh, then we've got Liberty. Liberty, Liberty. Liberty. Eight and O Liberty uh, goes to NC State. Who they? Why got a do you ACC teams keep playing? No, I, <laughs> I know. Yeah, they they basically beat a bunch of ACC teams this year. <sighs> uh, and North Carolina State has a former Georgia uh, Bailey Hockman. Yep. When when he had commit for a while, uh, I think he he's, signed. He's pretty impressive. I watched a couple of their games, but you know they're they're uh, five and three, and um, Liberty's eight no. Uh, three and a half. NC State's favored. Vegas knows something. Yeah, they they maybe, know. Maybe they, they know, know Hugh. people can't stand it. Yeah, maybe they know Hughes looking around. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm still going to go ahead and take Liberty. Yeah, Hughes been known to look around in Tampa. I was waiting for so, that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, give me Liberty, or give me NC. Oh, wow. uh, Nathan Hale for you. Uh, All right, oh, Sodge Place in Clearwater. <laughs> Nathan Hale wasn't. All right, another undefeated team. Yeah. Nathan Hale was one no, left to give to Patrick Henry. Yeah, that's, that's right. right. Uh, Nathan Hale was a, one of the guys I have, but one life to give to yes. country. It's another great line. Appalachian State goes to Myrtle Beach. Coastal Car- Conway. That's, Conway. That's Dustin Johnson's uh, it alma mater. It is. It is. And they were undefeated. And they won the College World <laughs> Series a couple years ago in baseball. This is for the Sun Belt. Belt or Sun? I don't know which one. Um I mean, coastal's coastal's cruising, coastal baby. Yeah, I'm gonna go with them as well. Not that not that y'all care, but I'm gonna pick coastal. <laughs> um, all right, uh, Big Ten game of the week. Illinois goes to Nebraska. One and three Illinois versus one and two. I'll let Illinois pick. I like will pick first since he's wearing Illinois uh, vest. I am wearing Illinois vest. Uh, they uh, it is worth knowing that Illinois did win last week, but I don't know if you watched the end of that game. Um, did not bathe themselves with glory. They were leaking Def- oil. Definitely one of those games where the last team to make a turnover lost, um, and because they kept giving it back and forth, and some strange decisions. All Rutgers had to do was just run the ball. Uh, it's just it's not good. Uh, I, to more more to the point. Um, Illinois quarterback Brandon Peters, uh, who's missed, who's been out twenty because the Big Ten has their COVID rules, has been out twenty one days. He will be back this week. But the most exciting thing to happen to Illinois football in a while is Isaiah uh, Isaiah Williams, who is probably their best recruit they've had. Also, Luke Ford had a catch this week. Yeah, he did, baby. <laughs> it's about time. Um, but I, as much as I would love to see Scott Frost and Nebraska eat it a little bit, uh, I can't make this pick. I'm picking Nebraska. I L L baby. Yeah, Nebraska's favored by sixteen and a half. Too many points. That's baby. a scooch high. I will. Too many points. Give me Illinois. Okay, uh, the real Big Ten game of the week. Indiana travels to Columbus. What's this number? Uh, Ohio State minus twenty and a half. Ooh. Number nine, Indiana goes to number three, Ohio State. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's a pretty easy pick right there. Yeah, Ohio State's gonna whip that ass. I know it's a shame. It is a shame. This feels like it. Like. Indiana's going to have like a really awesome play early, and everyone's going to get really excited, and then Ohio State's going to crush them. I'm sad to say, uh, but again, I, I've had this discussion with my Illini fan friends. It is okay 
to root for Indiana football because they don't really care. They really only care about basketball. Of course, we hate them in basketball, so it's okay. Because it's been hard because this Indiana team is not only an underdog, they're very likable. Yeah, we never even talked about the NCAA talking about having the entire NCAA basketball tournament in Indianapolis, Indianapolis. which is the perfect place to have it. It really is. If they have some of those early round games, a place like Newcastle, which has a 14,000-seat high school stadium, guys, for high school basketball, um, and the national championship game should be in Hinklefield. It has long been a theory. uh, Sports writers have long uh, uh, argued that, other than the fact that it's cold, all events should be held in Indianapolis. Yeah. Because they have a very centrally located downtown Everything is walkable. And they have a ton of hotels. And, and the other part, and the reason you do it there is because the NCAA offices are there. Right, right, right. No one has to travel. Yeah. All right. Uh, Wisconsin undefeated Wisconsin, 2-0. It goes to undefeated Northwestern, 4-0. 17-0. Um, I think Wisconsin drags them. Uh, it was, it, look, do they have their upstart quarterback back? He should be back because yeah. he's only played one game. It was that game against Illinois. Which, for the record, this is going to become a huge thing if Wisconsin goes undefeated mm-hmm. because well, they've they, already missed two games because they lost two games. But those two games would have been they had no quarterback. Like they would have lost one of those games. Mm-hmm. Those two ga- like there's it's almost it's impossible to imagine them not losing one of those games when they had they would have like they would have been down to their fourth string. Uh, yeah. Guy, but they didn't have to play those games because they missed them all. And so now, if they end up going undefeated, I'm, uh, there's going to be uh, like six and zero, oh, six undefeated. and zero. Oh, undefeated. Yeah, and this this is a mid December podcast topic, but it's yeah. it's hard to see them even. I mean, if they beat Ohio State in the Big Ten championship, right. depending on what else, maybe I reluctantly say they should go in, but. At that point, they would have missed half the season compared to conceivably Alabama, and that's just a real stretch. Imagine, yeah, imagine if, like, what do you think if Clemson beats Notre Dame and Wisconsin at 6-0? and It's hard. But yeah. again, the fact that they would have beaten Ohio State, I think, is a good mark in their favor. Yeah. But we'll see. We'll see. But anyway, uh, I pick Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Uh, Cincinnati, undefeated, another undefeated, ranked number seven, goes to uh, Central Florida. I, I just, the Bearcats are something else right now. Luke Fickle, by the way, South Carolina should hire him. They're not going to. But uh, that is, he is, he, he's the best mid-major coach in America, right? Struggling over there? No, I'm putting the fixing the mic. He's fixing the microphone. I'm doing. Ladies and I'm gentlemen. doing some technical work. I'm not in the union, but I can do this. I'm <laughs> certified. Wait, this is a union shop. It's a union shop. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, head gaffer. Yeah, yeah, I'm the best boy. I'm best. I'm um, very, very good boy. Uh, I'll take this any. All right, and uh, the only Big Twelve game on the docket, or for front office pools. Yeah, uh, Oki State, uh, Oklahoma, Bedlam, Bedlam. Very early this year. Bedlam. Is it I early? Mean, guys, like, it's cold outside. It is so weird. Like that. The uh, like Auburn ne- next Thanksgiving. Yeah, week next is, week. It's so egg bowl in Auburn and so Alabama. Confusing. I mean, like honestly, like it's just. I mean, the Masters were last weekend, I mean, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, everything is really. I really normally weird. this week, like the week <laughs> yeah. before Thanksgiving. I know, but it just doesn't feel that way, right? Just because everything. I mean, well, Auburn and Alabama. Weeks of the yeah. season. I think Auburn and Alabama both have two games after they play each other. Yeah, it's very strange. Two regular it's season games. Um, uh, I'm going to go ahead and take Oklahoma. Yeah, give me the Sooners. 
All right, and then uh, the Battle of Columbia's uh, Missouri versus Mike Bobo in Columbia, South Carolina. <laughs> Run the ball, Bobo. Uh, I still take Missouri. Although, if Bobo goes on a I run, I gotta tell guys, you, I, I'm picking South Carolina just for that reason. If if Bobo goes on a run, and I, and I don't want this to happen, but if we go over there and he beats Georgia, there's every possibility yeah. he gets that job. <laughs> that would be fun, right? They he beats Georgia. I mean, they she his wife gets pregnant again, has more kids. Gosh, all right, um, Tennessee, who was once. Had the nation's second longest winning streak or the longest winning streak? They were eight and zero over well, two seasons. Well, they playing the high school schedule. They've and lost four in a row, <laughs> and they uh, are two and four. Is that the nation's longest losing streak? It now? could be one of them. Uh, they go to Auburn, uh, four and two. Auburn. Does Auburn pull out some wacky? Wouldn't that be great if Auburn kind of, of wins course, the way Auburn, Auburn does? Of course they do. I'm it, Auburn. Yeah, it's all it's all good. Pruitt got an extension. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, which. Actually, lends credence to what Will said um, earlier. Yeah, yeah, I got to pick Auburn. All right, uh, LSU two and three. LSU goes to three and four. Arkansas does Arkansas finally get to five hundred? What's the spread on that game? Uh, it, it's basically a pick 'em. It's a half point uh, for LSU. Oh, by the way, I had forgotten that you do not have to have a five hundred record to make a bowl this year. <laughs> I had forgotten about that. Arkansas so, would be a good. Pick. Arkansas would be an awesome fun team to have in a bowl. Yeah. Also, I, I, now now I got hope for a one and nine Illinois. <laughs> have we heard Illinois <laughs> well, playing nine games? Um, any? I mean, if we. I, I'm asking this is your question. Have we heard anything about Pittman? He's fine. I mean, yes. I, like he's he's a rotund dude like me. So the COVID does not. The COVID doesn't treat him well. I haven't heard anything that he's not doing fine. That's good. I'm glad to hear that because I want him to succeed. Um, and he is been succeeding. I mean, he has like, been succeeding. It is really Beyond. remarkable. Like the thought going into that remember we talked about how like wow, so happy that Georgia with this year of transition gets the worst team in the SEC mm-hmm. in the first game and that is absolutely not the worst team in the SEC. We're not even playing the worst we're not even playing the worst team in the last game because Missouri canceled on us. Um man, I want to be a smart aleck and pick Arkansas here. I just I just can't. I got to pick LSU. Yeah, I can't do it either. LSU. All right, and then at 7.30 in Sanford Stadium, finally, once again, you got the, as uh, Jeff and Chris on the home team used to refer to them, or I guess they still do, the Bizarro Bulldogs of Mississippi State facing off against Georgia. Um, you know, I think I think what's going to the good news is you've got Nolan Smith, Jermaine Johnson, uh, Ojulari, Adam Anderson, and yes, Jordan Davis uh, back uh, this week, and Lewis Seen. The defense is going to look more like it did against Auburn and Tennessee without LeCount, of course. But, uh, you know, Kirby's been coaching them up for two weeks, and uh, I think that that's what they've been focusing on is some defense uh, kind of uh, getting some cohesion back because that's what really drives the engine this year in a struggle, uh, an offensively challenged at times. Uh, Georgia offense but that's not what's going to set the world on fire on uh, Saturday night you're going to see JT Daniels under center Georgia's going to lose the toss and uh, that means that they're going to get the ball first and they're going to you know Kearse Jackson return it about the 35 yard line (laughs) and then JT Daniels hands it off to Zamir White oh but, but but what's that what's what do we do against Mississippi State on the first play of the game 
Zamir White tosses it back to JT Daniels, and then there's a streaking George Pickens on about the 23-yard line, and he lays up. He puts all uh, worries at ease right there. He lays the perfect ball in. There's nobody around uh, within about 10 yards of George Pickens because this is a different coaching staff. They didn't see that game tape. And uh, Georgia goes on to a quick strike, uh, up 7 nothing. They they win going away 38 to 12. Wow, that was crazy. <laughs> I like that. I don't I can't say I can't I can't use that term. Yeah, well, yeah. So, I probably shouldn't have. I can I can um, edit that. <laughs> but um Okay, uh, I'll go. I mean, it was very impressive. Yeah, it was good. Uh, if you're telling me that we're gonna that there's gonna be a flea flicker on the first play and the JT Channels bomb, that is that is in my happy zone. Oh yeah, no, I'll um, I'll feel some stuff in my tingly spots. It's funny that uh, we talked about how like Arkansas was the team you wanted to play first. This feels like the team you want to play in in, in Dan- not only Daniels' first game. Assuming we don't know it's Daniels, yeah. by the way, but assuming it is Daniels, and after losing a game. This feels like the team you want to play. Uh, you talk about Kirby coaching him up. I don't think he really has to coach them up in this game, but boy, are they going to have every single... Remember, this is not a complicated offense. They're going to, like... I feel like this is going to be a huge Georgia defense game that we're going to have a blast watching them. Because he's had two weeks to prepare for an offense that is actually not that hard to prepare for. But he will want to show like this feels like a we'll we'll see what Daniels does. But in particular, this feels like a shut Mississippi State down sort of game. Uh, I feel like Daniels. We're gonna get all excited for Daniels, and they're just gonna hand it off to Zamir and and everybody else over and over and over and over. Uh, this feels like it's not gonna be as exciting and fun as we want it to be because. They never are, <laughs> but uh, I would say I'm going to pick Georgia 27, Mississippi State 3. Ooh. Mm. Man, you know, the, the the interesting thing for me is that if we were at full strength offensively, I'd pick a shutout here. Or defensively, I'd pick a shutout here. The two things going, cutting against that, first off, we're not full strength defensively. The second is we have a propensity to give up long pass plays. And that's on the table for this this defense, this offense. Uh, Mississippi State. I mean, Mike Leach is he's 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 good, right? I mean, he's despite the fact that he's running the exact same thing he ran at Iowa Wesleyan, um, he's good. <clears throat> and the Finland place. And the Finland place. Yeah, don't forget that. Um, but I, I think I'm going to middle here. I, I agree with Will. We're going to run the ball a lot, but I also think we're going to take shots. Um, uh, you know, I think I think Pudelski is going to kick it off. There's going to be some plays. We're going to run the ball. So I don't know. I I tried to do what Scott did, but I obviously didn't prep the way he did. Um, it feels like to me that Georgia wins this game. It is not in question after halftime. Uh, give me thirty-four to ten. Did we get a do we got a podcast question or something? Because you looked at the phone suddenly. I'm well, like, well, I had an idea. Okay, um, and this we got just three pop- more hours. Let's go. Yeah, this just popped in my mind. If I can find it, uh, I I put together something. Okay, so um, if you'll indulge me for a moment, um, this is uh, something I put together. I've never released it before. I don't know if y'all heard it or not, but um, I had an idea for a podcast uh, back a couple years ago, and I recorded a. I guess a sample of it. And um, so I'm going to play this for you. It's about two minutes in length, and it has to do with the Mississippi State game. And it stars my then 10-year-old son, 
Walker. We were at the Mississippi State game with my granddad. Out of nowhere, yeah, it was Jake Fromm. Fromm works from under center. Overloaded offensive line. They bring Godwin in tight from the near side. I had no clue what was going on. And then... Hand off the chub, toss it back to Fromm. He bombs the ball. Oh, he's got a man deep. They go flea flicker. It was seeing Terry Godwin on, like, the five-yard line. And there's Godwin. He caught it at the 20. He veers left. Just tiptoe into the end zone. Touchdown! Touchdown! And then the stadium just erupted. That was just really cool for me. It just hit me that I would remember that for a long, long time. 59 yards. Touchdown strike on play number one. That was the intro. Uh, I went in to talk about some other stuff, but that was the that that's what got me to thinking like that's how I'm going to make my prediction because I thought yeah. back back that was to awesome. that. Uh, that yeah, was I awesome. mean, and just, like honestly, like that's that's the point of stuff like that, right? Is like that, you're right. He is going to remember that, right? Forever. And that's why you take kids to football games on Saturday nights. That was now the start I'm, of a whole bunch of stuff. It was. That uh, was back in 2017. That was. And we there was some thoughts that Mississippi State was coming to get us that oh, night. Oh, of course. Of course. Didn't, uh, didn't, uh, um, what's the guy with the big book that with all the spelling errors, the big college football book that, uh. Phil Steele? Phil Steele. He oh, had, yeah. Remember, he had predicted yeah, Mississippi predicted, State yeah. to win that game. Yeah. There were a lot of people that, um, because it was sexy to do that, yeah. picked Mississippi State to win. Um, and it is worth remembering how down people were on. I mean, Kirby Smart had lost at home to Vanderbilt. They had lost at home to Georgia Tech in the last game of the year. They had an uninspired uh, bowl game. I mean, it was a time to pile on. Uh, now I think there's more piling on, but in an entirely different sort of context. Yeah, that like that was the time you wondered. Like that was a time where like, wait, is he must champ? Like that was the like honestly like going like if you were picking Mississippi State to beat Georgia in that game, you that was the wait was the smart hire a bust notion uh that year obviously ensured that it was not a bust now the question is whether it's going to be the next thing well what we have to remember also is that was the third game of the jake Fromm era right um mississippi state had came in there they'd scorched um, so who they played the week before uh, they had oh gosh I'm trying to remember now what their schedule was that year but they had really like gotten after whoever it was the week before that um and nick fisher looked amazing um, and Georgia like barely beaten Notre Dame on the road, and um, that was kind of the game where Georgia, I feel like, threw down the gauntlet and said, "We're not the team that you think we were." And yeah. that was only like the fourth or fifth game of the season, right? In my head, I had it like later in the season because it did feel it felt big in a way. Uh, maybe not quite like the Florida game. Maybe not. Certainly not like the the Auburn game we lost. Certainly not like Notre Dame because that was that was early. But it was only the fourth or fifth game of the season. And uh, it, it did establish Georgia. It was 31-3 win. Established Georgia in a way that uh, certainly put us in the national consciousness as a team that could do good things. And they made a defensive stand to end the game. Yeah. Georgia did. Yeah, to keep them out of the end zone. Yep. I'm excited. I have to tell you uh, again. It's this, it's a scary time. Oh God! I'm gonna get tickets. I know I'm. Getting I'm so tickets. excited to be going. I have. I mean, I haven't been to a Georgia game since Georgia Tech. Yeah. No, I went to the SEC championship. I've been to a Georgia game since the LSU. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, and I'm I'm really really excited to go, and and I'm gonna be safe, and my 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 four person pod will all be wearing masks. Yeah. And well, it's safe. not. It's it's different. 
haven't been to haven't been to two games. Yeah, haven't been to two games. Uh, the only time are you sitting in the upper deck or in the lower? No, we're lower, you, like one hundred eight. Yeah, one hundred eight. So the only time you're going to feel even remotely not safe is entering and really yeah. leaving because yeah, right, everybody leaves right. at the same time, right? right. right? And it's only for going to be for a short time period. Yeah. Um, because it's it's an open air stadium, yeah. right? Uh, and security keeps people in their seatbacks. You'll be fine. Yeah, I'm excited about it. Everybody be safe out there. It's, I know it's Thanksgiving. Uh, uh, I hope that people are not having big gatherings for Thanksgiving. But if you are having big gatherings for Thanksgiving, please be safe and please think of. Uh, of, of yeah, and we're getting together. We're we're talking next week. Are y'all not going to Callaway Gardens? Are yeah, you? we're going to Callaway. Oh, sorry, so we're going to talk again before Thanksgiving. You're right. You're right. Right. right are so you? You're still going to Callaway Gardens? We're going to Callaway. Well, we're just going with with Alexis' mom, who we always, who we right. see. Okay. Anyway, like this. Well, else. we'll do something next week. Yeah, we we'll don't do know something. yet. We, but, yeah. we, I forgot. I forgot. It's yeah. not Thanksgiving. Week. Here is Sunday. My sense of time. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's because it's March 264th. Mm-hmm. I mean, my goodness. So. But um, otherwise, otherwise uh, uh, be safe, everyone. And uh, I'll give you this lecture about Thanksgiving in a week. <laughs> All right. Uh, be safe, everybody. And uh, go dogs. Go dogs. And thanks so much for listening. Make sure to check out our podcast partners, the North Side and West Side Bottle Shops. We'll link their website in the show notes of this episode. And also, don't forget our friends at El Barrio, the Pine Bar, and the Pub on Main for your dining considerations when you're going out for food and drinks in Athens. Make sure to follow our show on Twitter. Our handle is at WSLS Podcast. And we'll be back with our post-game show of the Dogs versus the Dogs on Sunday. Stay safe out there. Hope to see you all on campus this Saturday. And as always, go dogs. <laughs>